Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this second episode of our 15th season in the Sabbath School from Home podcast. Thank you so much for listening in. Uh, We've got some fun ideas to talk about. I've been away for a lot of episodes. I think I was here for last week's. And I'm certainly excited to be here as we continue a discussion on God's mission. Yeah, g'day. Ken here. Um, Look, I've not been around so much either. Uh, But Cam, you and I, the stragglers of recent times, are back on board and the only two on board today. Yeah, yeah. Now, Ken, um, the titles of this week's lesson, and and um, we're loosely following the Seventh Day Adventist lesson quarterly. Uh, well, there's a lot in the titles. So there's the Triune God, the the origin of mission, uh, making disciples, the focus of mission, the Eternal Gospel, the message of mission, God's people, the channels of mission, the world, the arena of mission. That seems to me a fairly uh, wide scope of things to cover within, you know, a podcast or even within a week Bible study or w- even within a quarter, Ken. Yes, but at least we've uh, covered all the core things and we've brought them all together uh, so that we can say the things that we think we need to say. Yeah. Uh, we can ask ourselves the questions we want to ask so that we can give ourselves the same answers so that we can all feel very good. Um, um, it reminds me oh, perhaps a little bit, and this might be unfair, of Adrian Plasser's advice that if you don't know what to say uh, in a sermon, just make sure it's got the words love, peace, hope, joy, repentance, grace, forgiveness, um, liberally sort of scattered through it, with, if possible, a heavy reliance on metaphor. Um, And he refers to the rain of grace falling on the soil of obedience, which is harvested by the worker of peace and brings an abundant harvest of love. Or something, and um, and then you just swap any of the words around, and it still makes good sense. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> there, I mean, there is. It's not. It's not that any of these topics is not worth talking about. It's that they each of them could be the study of a lifetime. And um, Ken, you pointed out something before we recorded. Just the juxtaposition of of Monday and Tuesday's title. Well, it really, it it really is an interesting juxtaposition, isn't it? And I think in order to make that clear. We should go to Matthew chapter 28 and we should just read that passage, the Great Commission, which is what this is really focusing on at Matthew 28, 16 to 20. Monday's title was Making Disciples, the Focus of Mission. And Tuesday's one is the Eternal Gospel, the Message of Mission. Yeah. Um, so, And we're going to spend the first part of this podcast talking about making disciples and the second part talking about the message and what they how they relate to each other. Ken, do you want to start reading? I do. Um In fact, I might finish too. We'll see how we go. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. Did something jump out at you there, Cam? Um, okay, I'm going to jump in and say what jumped out at me as I read yeah. that. I mean, we, we talk about the going and the making disciples, but do you notice that they all went to the mountain where Jesus told them to go, so they were obedient. Um, and when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Now, isn't that fascinating? They worshipped him even when they doubted. Yeah. So at least some of them 
Uh, there's no suggestion that there was any exception to the to those who are worshipping him. The only exception was that some doubted. Um, perhaps doubt is not a barrier to worship. Um, the thing uh, I was that jumped out at me. The thing I was reflecting on, Ken, which didn't jump out at me from the text because it's not in the text, uh, but it is the title in the translation I'm looking at, is that this is the Great Commission. Um, how many commissions did Christ give? I love your neighbour as yourself. Um, who's my neighbour? Well, don't, that's the wrong question. Don't ask who you have to help. Ask who you can help. Um, uh, don't just care for those who are friendly to you. Care for those who spitefully use you. You know, when you think of all these different commands, and they are all of those are commissions. They're all a job description. They're all, you know, uh, why is it that this one is identified as being the Great Commission? Ah, yes. Look, that's a, that's a a really good question. Um, uh, let's go and have a look and see what it says. Uh, what is the commission? Uh, it starts with his authority. Um, yep. So uh, he's 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 the one with the authority and he calls us to do these things. That is often how a commission comes about. Somebody in authority commissions you to do something. Yep. Um, the uh, 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 judges of Supreme Courts in Australia um, are commissioned by the, uh, uh, by the monarch uh, in our current constitutional monarchy. Uh, so, um, therefore, but these are the things to do. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So the commission starts with his authority and finishes with his presence. Mm. Um, uh, so it's bookended by those two things by the the power and the presence of Christ um, but the, the, the there are some things um, uh, therefore go now the go is somewhat interesting because um, often we take that as being a uh, a commission to leave um, mm. uh, to um, move to somewhere else uh, to go um, it's probably not a commission to sit um, although solitude and silence certainly have their place in the in the uh, uh, the Christian walk, um, but it can also probably be best understood as meaning as you go. Um, so not not a command mm. to leave, not a command to pack up and go anywhere in particular, mm. but as you go, as you live your life, this is how you are to live your life. This is the purpose, if you like, behind uh, those things that you're going to do as you go about your yeah. daily life. Yeah, um, okay, okay, Ken. Um, I like that uh, because I think that God expects the Christian life to be an imminent life. Mm. And uh, one of the things that C.S. Lewis says in the Screwtape Letters, where one devil is advising another dev devil, he said, if they, if they want to think about some trouble they have to face, let them imagine a trouble far in the future. If they want to think about something God's calling them to do, let them imagine it to be a thing he's building them up for at some future point. If, if you can only keep it sufficiently removed in time from their current moment, it will have negligible impact on whether they live. Um, whereas when you say, as you go, you know, this moment and the next moment and the next moment and the next moment... Um, Ken, if I was to ask you now without looking at the text, just remind me, what's the Great Commission? 
<laughs> it is as you go to make yeah. disciples. Good. And, the, and that involves three things, and I'm not looking at it, yeah. um, and I may not remember the second one. But yeah. the first one is to baptise them. Yes. Uh, the... Uh, and one of them, the other one is to, another one is to teach them to do the things that I have commanded you ah, to do. Ken, this is the point where I'd start to, I've, I've found my point of discomfort with this commission. When yeah. I've heard the Great Commission described, it is that we must go and make disciples. And how do we make disciples, Ken? We, we spread the message. Well, you see, this is the this is the whole thing. This is where, in my view, the lesson has really got it quite wrong, um, uh, because making disciples is the focus of the mission. But the three things that you do with the disciples when they are disciples are these: you baptize them, and well, there are only two things really, aren't there? Yeah, this, the second one qualifies them, the baptism, and you teach them to obey. Now, where in that, I ask. Where in that is giving people a message? Now, I'm not saying that education is not important hmm. uh, uh, because you do need a certain amount of knowledge in order to live your life. And how you think is determines how you live. Hmm. Um, uh, uh, or at least it's a significant factor in how you live. But, but it is how you live. Mm. That is critical in this, well, this message. Is... What we're being, and and, we, and this brings us back to what is a disciple? Is a disciple somebody who thinks a certain way, who believes something? Look, so often what we when we go to the to the next day, the eternal gospel, the message of mission, um, uh, and that this is this is what we are doing when we're making disciples. We we're, we're giving people a message and persuading them to believe certain yeah. things. Uh, it, it's simply this, you do not get that from this passage. Yeah, well, Ken, it's not even that um, when we make disciples, we they, they must believe in certain things. Mm. Um, we are satisfied if they say they believe certain things uh. and don't live in a way that's so egregious to us that it seems that they don't. So mm. if so, mm. what we require is is that someone plausibly claims to believe those things. Mm. And um, that's sufficient. So long as and and this is this is really interesting in so many ways because where the plausibility is broken, uh, we come into real trouble. So um, Mark Lowry points out that um, in one of the talks he gave from the Gaither band, um, it was giving a talk and he's talking about the fact you know there's there's no good people on earth. There's only people that are messed up. He said you know I know I know you think you're messed up you're too messed up you've been through this you've been through that you've been through a divorce he said well God's been divorced and he, he quotes one of the minor prophets that talks about God's separation from Israel as in the nature of a divorce he said yeah God's been mm. divorced he wouldn't be allowed to pastor a Baptist church <laughs> um, but there's there's that sense where if yeah. the teenage girl does fall pregnant um, mm. or if the addict does turn up Relax. under the influence of their drugs to church or something mm. and is uncouth or if the children are noisy and the parents don't restrain them or if you know if the behavior becomes untaste distasteful to us then we can say well maybe these people don't really accept the truth mm. and you know in extreme cases we might cancel membership or we might disqualify them from church office or we might do whatever it else they do but so long as they can plausibly claim to believe the things that we believe, then as far as any sort of 
practical level of what we mean when we talk about evangelizing and mission, that's good enough for us. Mm, mm, mm. So this raises for us then the question, Cam, of what is a disciple? Jesus, um, this was pointed out to me, Jesus, um, when he was tempted by the devil, the devil required worship. But Jesus never asked anyone to worship him. Mm. He asked them to follow him. Mm. And if they had eyes to see what he was doing, these people did end up worshipping. But the worship flowed from an experience of him. The worship, yeah. you know, so there's whatever it is, Jesus seems to really stand by authenticity. Um, yeah. And being a disciple means following Jesus. I, I like that definition. Um, uh, and, and let's have a look at it a bit more. But let's go back one step because you raise an interesting point about worship. Uh this is something that they did before the Great Commission. Um, so worship is an essential part. Is a worshipper a disciple? Well, some of these worshippers doubted, Ken. Yeah. But the ones who doubted disciples. Yeah, yeah. interesting. But then, um, but then, Ken, uh, while we're on this, can I, while we're on the subject of worshippers and disciples, uh, one of the things that, um, you know, uh, Mary and Martha, which which of the two? One of them's the hero, and one of them's the sort sort of slightly inferior, less lesser faith. Which one's the hero? Out of Mary and Martha? <laughs> well, uh, we say that Mary is because she sat at Jesus' feet. She uh, sat at Jesus' feet. She did the, she did the she, what was it? She did yeah. the greater thing. or Yeah, yeah, thing. when Martha was busy in the house. If you yeah. go to John 11 and read the story of Lazarus, in that story, Martha clearly has the more functional faith at a time of crisis. Mm. And mm. what is mm. almost certainly the case is that neither of them are the hero. And neither of them the anti-hero. We just all have times where we need to help carry each other. So mm. that seems to me one of the ingredients. And there are times when Mary is stronger than Martha and there's times when Martha is stronger than Mary. Martha is the one who says to Jesus, even though Lazarus is dead, I still believe God will do whatever you ask. And Mary does not say that. She is too overcome by grief. So um, whatever the, this is about being a disciple, um, I don't know... I don't know. It, I hope, Ken, it doesn't mean that we've suddenly got it all together. Hmm. Oh, I, I certainly, I, I, I hope it doesn't mean that too, Ken. Um. Only because it would exclude me. I mean, I hope it does mean that <laughs> if that is indeed, you know, a possible thing that God's going to do in me. But uh, it's interesting in this commission, um, it, the commission is not to um, check, you baptise them and then check that they observe all the commands I've told you, or mm. baptise them and then monitor them um, mm. and evaluate whether they are keeping... It is simply, there's actually isn't there a statement about whether these people are succeeding very well, but they are learning mm. Mm. to obey all the commands. Mm. Mm. Well, indeed, is that what it says? Learning to obey all of the it commands? Says, no, it says, it says you, you are to teach I them. have commanded you. You've yep. got to teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. So let's go back another step. Uh, let's let's accept that definition. Somebody who follows uh, Jesus, um, yep. a follower of Jesus, perhaps an apprentice of Jesus, because it's clear that what what this what these disciples are doing is learning how to live as Jesus lived. Now that doesn't mean lived how to live as a as a you know Jew in the uh, change of eras um uh it doesn't mean um how to live as a uh uh as he lived yeah it means how to live 
as he would live if he were you. Um, uh, and uh, so, but again, we mistake that for the what we call the gospel. Um, uh, and I'm not sure that they are. It is necessarily a mistake. I think the gospel is probably becoming a disciple. Is is the gospel, but we minimize what that means and we say it's something else. So we, we tell me if I'm wrong it, about and... this. We, we systematize it. But tell me if this, something like this, is the gospel. Jesus died on the cross for you so that your sins could be forgiven. And if you believe that that happened, when you die, you will go to heaven. Um, I mean, that is good news, Ken. If you but it are... is good news, but but isn't isn't that am I am I wrong to say that that is principally the message that we say is the gospel is the good news? Yeah, yeah, no, that that's what we say is the gospel. I would I would do it slightly differently, Ken. I would say that um, being told that there's a wonderful resort on a beach in Fiji, which affords great pleasure to um, all the people who attend it, is not quite as good news as being handed tickets. <laughs> yes, yes, but but even the tickets aren't as good as, as the resort, um, as as the resort, yeah. and perhaps how much better to yeah. be able to even have some to bring the resort home. Yeah, um, you know. So yes, uh, there's nothing wrong with it as far as it goes, except that yeah, um, yeah. what we state is the gospel is in this analogy is acknowledging that the resort exists. Mm, mm. If you can accept... You yeah, can get there. And that you can get there. Mm, um, but mm. it is the actual getting there that's the good, that is what makes the good news good. Mm, mm. And, and if you look at what Jesus said throughout all of the Gospels, what he said was the kingdom of heaven is right here. Um, uh, so... Being a disciple is following Jesus, perhaps being an apprentice of Jesus, learning to live as he lived, indeed doing the things that uh, he has said to do. Um, not just to believe that your sins are forgiven and you'll get to heaven one day, if you believe that, but to actually obey what he has said. Now, we have all sorts of trouble with, with this because, oh, it's a it's a works thing, and we're saved by faith alone. Well, and by, by grace alone. Well, there is no lack of faith and no lack of grace um, uh, in learning to live uh, as Jesus um, uh, commanded. Uh, there's, there's, indeed, there's so much more. Um, uh, Dallas Willard once said that, um, uh, you know, saints burn, uh, you know, saints use Grace like a seven four seven burns fuel on takeoff. Yeah. Um, uh, also so a, it's an also an element though, and I'm going to start pushing the metaphor to levels that's possibly less than helpful. But when you try and break something down to a system, um, it becomes complicated. So you say, um, ah, there exists this good place, the beach resort in Fiji. Um, I shall go there, and I shall record for future edification of all other people who wish to go to the good place, to the good beach resort, how it's done. And I take a flight and I go through um, Brisbane to get to the beach resort. And, and immediately it becomes accepted as truth that to get to the beach resort, you must go via Brisbane. Yeah. Um, and I happened to record in my journal as I went that at Brisbane Airport, I stopped and ordered a subway. And so everyone who's then wanting to go to the beach resort must then 
stop and have a subway at Brisbane Airport. And, you know, you know, there's there's a sense in which the effort to the part of this where I think we're moving when we're talking to the next section, which is about the message. Um, it is the mathematician in me that rebels to the message uh, because I'd spent a lot of time using formulas and process. And, um, you know, no, no one who, I mean, when you use formulas a lot, one of the things you quickly realise is that they are very good at encoding only one sort of truth. Mm-hmm. Um, they, are, they are very good at what they do, but they are... They this very, may very limited of, in what they do. They're very limited in what they do. The uh, formulas mm. can express only that which can be formulated into a sort of predictable regular. And there must be something. And when we insist on reading everything through the lens of "Will this help me get to heaven?" Is this about getting to heaven? Um, what well, what we use the phrase? Is this a salvation issue? Is this a salvation uh, issue? Yeah. Well, what what I mean, I then say, well, what do we mean by salvation? Yeah. Uh, because virtually everything is a salvation yeah. issue. If you view salvation correctly if you just view it as a whether you're going to get to heaven or not um well uh, that's an important part of salvation um uh, but if that's all you view it as then there probably aren't very many things that are really salvation issues um if you view it as um uh am i living a life yeah. uh of obedience to what jesus commanded then yeah. uh, there well, are many is... many many things that this... are yeah. issues related to that this is what In Jesus fact, says. It's your whole the, life. Oh. Yeah, this is what Jesus says with the Good Samaritan. You know, what must I do to be saved? Oh, yeah. tell me. Well, I'll yeah, love God and love your neighbour as yourself. Great. Yeah, but who's my neighbour? And Jesus turns on him straight away and says, "Wrong question. Don't ask who do you have to help. Ask who can you help." And that that is the total paradigm that I see he's recommending here. If if every question you're asking is, well, what do I have to do? Jesus is saying, look, I mean, that question has answers. It has an answer, and sure, you can give an answer, and oh, that's a good answer, that's good. It's the wrong question. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's, it's Luke chapter 10, the parable of the Good Samaritan, and it's yeah. very interesting because uh, Jesus is asked by the expert in the law, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus responds with a question, what's written in the law, how do you read it? Interesting, that passage there, that mm. little thing there, in, in suggesting that the way you interpret something is very important, mm. uh, that it is an act of interpretation. Uh, but we'll come back, we, we won't have time to come back to that. And then he comes up with what he was once asked a, another time, what is the greatest commandment? Mm. And interesting then, if we go back here to the Great Commission, mm. where there's the Great Commission involves teaching people to do what I have commanded, we were asked, well, what is the great commandment? And the great commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So maybe the great commission is really to teach people to love God. how to live the great commandment. Yeah. To well, love God so. and to love your neighbour. And, 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 is... and, and interesting, is who, he, he wants to justify himself, so he says, who is my neighbour? And Jesus then turns it around and says, no, 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 no. Yeah. Who can you be a neighbour to? To two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very good, Ken. That's very good. Of course, one of the features of loving God and loving your neighbour is that love very seldom asks the question, yeah, but what do I have to do? Mm. 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 And It asks and the question, what can I do, as it you asks, said? It asks the question, what what can I do? And, um, I, I mean, there's the challenge, is it? And I... Uh, 
I'm more comfortable with the great all the emphasis I've ever heard on it is go out and make disciples and that means um, run revelation seminars and drop things in people's letterboxes and distribute signs of the times and run your cooking clubs and all these um, and then your measurement of success is whether they become baptized which involves intellectual assent to 28 fundamentals and they're not baptized until they've studied the fundamentals and you, all of this the emphasis I've always had is on the going out and making disciples um, but he qualifies what he means by disciples. It's someone who's learning to do everything that he says. In other words, this Great Commission is um, sort of like a um, sort of like uh, it's like the irritating maths proofs where you want to understand something and it's it's cited in some journal article. So you say, "Oh, good, I'll look that up, then I'll understand it." And you go there and they state the theorem, and then they do two lines of working out, and then they say, "See this, see this, see this, see this," and they give you six other references to go and look up to complete the proof. And then you go and look up those. Jesus is not, in fact, including in this statement what the Great Commission is. He's just um, referring to it. The Great Commission is to go out, and you know everything that I've been talking about for the last three years. Um, That's the Great Commission. Yeah. Well, and and indeed what we've done is substitute for the Great Commission. uh, We've said what that involves is making people church members which inevitably involves making people like me. Whereas what Jesus is calling us to is to teach people how to be like him. Ken, that's a great thought. And I'm eyeing the clock and um, Lachlan's going to edit this for us. And I know he's pretty busy. He's he's snowed under with marking at the moment. And he he has all of my condolences for that. Um, I'd rather go to the dentist every day than have to mark. Um, So... Uh, we're thinking of him, obviously. We will leave it there. Um, it is the challenge in each of our lives is uh, to ask the question, are we becoming like Jesus? And with that challenge, we'll leave you. Please feel free to share this podcast with anyone you wish and uh, join us again next week.